The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This year in the uh, NFBC main event, there are the top 14 teams in their standings all drafted online, 27 of the top 30. Uh, we'll talk about that phenomenon. We'll talk about fab strategy and the latest news of the day with my friend Rob DiPietro from Deadpool Hitter coming up next on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Jeff Erickson here. I am here with uh, my friend Rob DiPietro from Deadpool Hitter Podcast. Uh, it is one of the most thoughtful, thorough podcasts you can find out there. Uh, Rob crushes it in the uh, Draft Champions Leagues, and he's an all-around good guy, an all-around good fantasy player. Very happy to have you join me now. And also, great gardener, too, by the way. Uh, I don't want to forget about that. Rob, what's going on? How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks for having me again. Um, always always a pleasure to come on the Road to Wire podcast. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been a crazy, hectic baseball year as usual. And uh, I was just telling you, I can't believe you do so much football. You must be uh, spinning around like a, like a maniac, but God bless you. And yeah. uh, you're, you're a huge inspiration, man. You're, you, you really work just as hard as anyone out there. And uh, oh, it's, it's awesome to see, you know? Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. August and September are bonkers, but yeah. in a good way, you know, it's, it's great. It's just like, you know, you just have stretch run in baseball. Unfortunately, I have teams that are worth really tracking hard and also football drafts going left and right. It's what we do. We enjoy doing that. So it's all good. I get to talk about that for a living. Uh, so much to talk about here. Let's talk news first. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to start off uh, on top about uh, with, with uh, Max Freed. We saw the tumble he took in his start against the Mets over the weekend. He pitched after that. It was He was trying to field on a bunt play. Hit his head on the ground, got looked at for a little bit, and they were like, okay, he's fine. Well, he went on the concussion injured list today, uh, and it just reminds us that concussions are always these tricky beasts, and we never know when they're fully uh, when you're fully out of the woods with this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my kind of thinking is, too, maybe they just took advantage of being able to put him on the IL and get him ready for the Mets series next week instead of throwing him against the Marlins, you know? Yeah, <laughs> um, maybe but- so. You know, but um, it's uh, it's always tough with the concussion because they could just linger around. And hopefully, you know, as a Met fan, you know, I, I would love to uh, not have to face him. But um, it's it's interesting because I guess I never really understood the effects of it for a pitcher. Right. I mean, I we always see a guy get hit in the head or a collision for a batter. 
Um, right. And it affects his plate skills possibly to see the ball, hit the ball. Um, so pitching wise, I guess it's just, you know, having that balance to, you know, step and throw and continue that motion continuously. So, um, but going forward, I, I wouldn't be too worried about Max Reed. Yeah. It's interesting that we've seen concussions sometimes last longer in baseball than they have in other sports. Both Joe Maurer and Justin Morneau uh, had really lengthy bouts with concussions. And my uh, friend and colleague, Chris Liss, always speculated that maybe because like in football, you get constant contact. You're getting hit all the time. There's a tolerance that's built up. Or yes. You're, so, you're accustomed to it a little bit, whereas with baseball, not so much. So when you do get one, perhaps it has a more lasting effect. Yeah, that makes total sense, actually. I, I totally agree with that because you, you're just smashing into, you know, helmets into helmets and you kind of know what that feels like. So, yep. um, you know, e even training, you know, um, practicing, you know, you're doing all those you know, little side uh, smashes that, you know, kind of add up into, you know, big, big spots. So, yeah, that's that's a good that's a good correlation by Mr. List there. Indeed, indeed. He did. He, he had a lot of things that were pretty smart over the time. Here, so <laughs> um, still does. Yep. Uh, still so, does. But, yeah. Uh, Frida, this is three straight really good years of ratios. Uh, 108 whip this year, 260 ERA. Uh, it wasn't as good as 2020, but that was in the truncated season where you, you got to kind of pick your spots. Uh, but last year, 304, 109 was like a really good year. 14 wins. He was on path and uh, pace for a similar sort of results so far 10 and 4 260 and a 108 you know it's not a huge strikeout guy which is probably a thing that moves him down a little bit but i almost kind of wonder he, he's not like a guy that spits fire on the mound he doesn't throw 98 but he's effective and i wonder if you know that preserves him arm wise a little bit better makes him in some ways a more stable relate uh investment starting pitcher wise yeah that's an interesting perspective yeah he He's a guy I I have have not drafted yet, and I think my two like three three years in the NFBC, I have not mm -hmm. had him yet on a roster. I don't know if it's a flaw of mine, if I'm missing something. I guess I'm more of the chasing the you know the high K upside, but he's just a really solid pitcher and plays on a good team. He's going to give you that chance to get wins, um, and he just seems to continuously you know find ways to incrementally get better. So. Um, he's, uh, he's been, he's been a surprise. I didn't think he was going to get to this level of that pitch to contact, you know, get around by, you know, not striking a lot of guys out, but you know, he doesn't walk guys either. So that's huge. Um, he's, he's, he's just a really good pitcher all around. Yeah. And you compare like this era versus like 10 years ago, that K percentage 20 in the twenties, low 20%, low 20%, uh, that used to be a really good strikeout percentage, but we're in a, such a crazy era now where we're expecting more than a strikeout per inning from pit, uh, our elite pitchers. Uh, I think sometimes we uh, get a little greedy with that, but I, I, I will definitely kind of knock up, knock him up a couple pegs on my list just because of the consistency at this, this point. And yep. maybe the thought being he doesn't, he's less prone to an arm injury. We'll see. Uh, that's someone to be uh, so, something to think about for ponder over the off season. I know you're doing a, uh, First look at a 2023 draft champions mock next week. I'm uh, really looking forward to that. It's going to be on Zoom. Who else are you getting in that draft? Um, and yeah, it's actually not going to be a mock. We're going to put it into the. Into oh, you're going to play it? Yeah, oh, yeah. Beautiful. We're going to play it out. We're going to do awesome. six rounds now live um, on a Zoom, and then I'm going to put it on my podcast. And then we're going to pick it up as a slow draft once the 
um, NFBC gets their formats up and running. So um, it's going to be pretty cool. Um, right now I have uh, Brian Slack will be in it, um, Steve Weimer, um, Zach Waxman, Jenny Butler, Ryan Bloomfield, Ryan Roof. Um, Jeez, murder yeah, Michael here. Michael Mager, Dan Kenyon. Um, man, yeah, it's just a, so. A, don't a, get, don't expect to compete in the overall with this. Thing, <laughs> no, this is going to be probably my worst team I do all year. It's just uh, a good, you know, good, good squad of uh, you know solid players. Um, and um, Bubba is going to be in it too as well. Nice. Um, I know I'm leaving the names off the top of my head, but it's uh, we're all kind of excited to like get the because you know I, I just got the idea because um i hear you and fred were talking about it you and scott were talking about you know j-rod i think j-rod was the biggest spur of it oh yeah like where is he going to go next year where is he going to go next year and Eno and dvr were talking about it constantly too so i said you know what let's see where he's really going to go next year soon you know why not? so yeah. yeah why not get it together and um i think it'll be fun i know a lot of um a lot of us have the eyes on you know, closing out our leagues in a stretch run. But, you know, I always try to look at what I'm going to gain from diving into a specific thing. And maybe this will take my eye off a little bit of the, you know, the end of the season. But I think it'll kind of maybe, maybe I'll catch something for the rest of the season that I'm not really paying attention to, you know. So, and I already have, actually. I already kind of started diving in. I was looking at some rest of season projections and um you know per 600 plate appearances and some guys like really really surprised me so um it, you know kind of like squeeze them into my watch list on the nfbc so uh yeah uh yeah but i'm excited for that very cool you know i often feel like sometimes we're in this talking in the same circle we talked all the time but yeah <laughs> not everybody knows that rob won the nfbc draft championship overall contest a couple of years ago and so yeah. Yeah, this is if you want to do well in DCs, you should be paying attention to this uh, because Rob knows this stuff. Uh, do you think that that's still your strongest format? Um, I do think so. Um, I feel like I do have a good sense of keeping it boring, I guess, with my picks and just locking into guys who I uh, trying to just maybe projecting playing time for the, you know, throughout the whole depth chart a little better than, um, you know, most, I guess. But um, this season, I, I, I've i had several teams doing really well, but then um, I had like a, a personal thing that came up in, in the winter and I stopped drafting and like probably the end of December, I already had four or five teams in that were all my best teams. Then after that, I think I got back into it after two months and I just didn't pay attention to news and all those teams are doing really bleh. like I'm, yeah. I look at them, but that's what happens when you buy a nine pack and you're forced to like fill out the rest of the, uh, of the leagues, you know? So yeah. I was like, I had to draft all these teams and oh man, it was just, uh, and I think at one point I just had too many going on at once. I think, I think I had oh, three yeah. and that was just, even if, so, even, in, even if it's slow, I just didn't know who I was picking from what team. Sometimes I just felt like it was just one big blur and I was like, oh, I can't do this again. But I think I've gotten better um, in the main event um, for sure. So I think that's slowly, I think the fab leagues are really starting to become closer to my draft champion skills. Maybe um, I'm really happy like how much better I got, I think in the 12s from last year um, Mm -hmm. in the OCs. I just, 
I really love the deep leagues and the 12 team fab. I just didn't really nail it last year. Like I should have yeah, I held on ruthless. to Yeah. I held on to guys too long. Yeah. I talked to like John Posma about it, you know, the new, new hall of famer and, you know, Jeff, Jeff Zimmerman plays and they're just ruthless with the drops, you know? And I was like, I can't drop Brandon Nimmo. He's like, <laughs> you know, how do you drop? Brandon Nimmo? Right. Get rid of him. Dream the new guy. But um, what's shocking is that, I haven't really in the OC this year. I played to um, draft more pitching so I could stream pitching off my bench and stream some hitters off the wire. But I ended up with this large group of guys that I didn't want to drop because they were all like playing all the time. And what's crazy is that for at bats right now, I'm first and second overall in the online championship in at bats. Like two, two of my separate teams are first and second. And I haven't really been trying to maximize it via fab. So somehow it just landed on that. But my home runs and my runs per plate appearances aren't really great. So I don't know if I should be maximizing better players or just going for better matchups instead of leaving, you know, some of the my players in there. So I have to do a little dive into that next year. Yeah, I I wonder if uh, the max at bat approach applies better in the 15 teamers, uh, the deeper that you go and, and certainly in a draft and hold when you can't replace by fab. I wonder, I imagine that really applies well, uh, much better than that, that sort of format. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and I think that's the biggest thing for draft champions is just you really have to um, understand when to pick your spot, when to go for some high upside guys, but really just, you know, um, in my early days of podcasting, I had Steve Weimer on the show and he came in second overall twice. And he's always in the top of the list for, for plate appearances and at bats. And, you know, he's just said beautiful, um, boring is beautiful. Like the, those picks that, you know, no one wants the guys who just accumulate 500 plate appearances and just having that depth everywhere, having your eighth outfielder still be a 500 plate appearance guy and not a possible call up is just always going to keep you in the loop of producing stats. And I think that you have to, that was my toughest thing coming from like home leagues into NFBC, like draft champions. And that's just like love, you know, play keeper leagues in all my life. And it's just always a lure to the rookies and to the right. new guys. And, you know, I had to peel back and try to, you know, look at that bigger picture. So does that mean you're basically avoiding the, the, the Julio Rodriguez's of the year each year? Uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't have him in any draft champions. I only have him on one online championship, which is which was an earlier March draft when there really wasn't a, a good bank on him, you know, uh, staying around. And uh, right. and I think it was like a 23rd round pick or something, 24th round pick. Got lucky with that one. But yeah, I'm, I try to stay away from that because even if you're even if you're keen on them getting called up, it's they still have to play well, you know. And I think right. for every every wit, you know, wit last year hurt a lot of people who held on to him in mm-hmm. fab leagues or who drafted him in DCs. Obviously, they're they're crushing it now, but they're just uh, they're the exceptions, you know. They're they are not the the standard <laughs> for the yeah. For every the Julio, rookies. there's probably one and a half Jared Kelnicks, you know, too. Yes, that did get the call. Yes. You held on to him while they're slumping this whole time, held on to him for the first couple of weeks of his demotion, and you still didn't get the payoff. Uh, and that's year two of this also with Kelnick even. So it's even it's even rougher for him. But yeah. And I think and- in the last two years too, it's like, it, it's different because of the COVID year. And then 
the minor league guys not having that year and, you know, to play. So I think a lot of us were kind of maybe, at least I was hesitant on, you know, what they were going to be able to accomplish, you know, but now we see some, it's interesting trends of like the double A guys coming straight from double A and being really successful, especially right, the guys in the Braves. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was yeah, just going to so. say, so Vaughn Grissom comes up and I know you just did a fab podcast, so we can talk about that, but Vaughn Grissom just comes up, hits a major league, uh, hits a home run for his ma- first major league hit. I don't know if he plays all through September because they're going to get Albies back at some point, but I mean, how aggressive should we be on Vaughn Grissom? Oh man, I think I think we might have to be pretty aggressive. Um, yeah, because I do have Albies. I picked up Albies in in a couple of leagues uh, about a couple of weeks ago. You know, just okay. speculating on on you know trying to get him early. I think I got him for seven bucks in like an auction league and an and an online championship. I was like, okay, you know, worth the hold on to him. But uh, you know, Vaughn Grissom, he's just he looks like he looks the part, you know, and he he doesn't strike out in the minors and um, his WRC plus was through the roof. Um, and it just seems like the Braves have their pulse on when it's right to call these guys up. And um, I've, I've read a couple of um, different scattering reports on him. I know uh, Jeff Ponce uh, kind of thinks that he won't be like the burner he'll be in the minors. And I know Jeff Zimmerman just released an article on Fangraph. I haven't read it yet about, translating triple a and double a um stolen base totals into the major leagues because of the pitch clocks and because of all the things that they're experimenting with um in the minors so it's not the same when they're coming up to the majors so the speed you know speed aspect of it is something we have to watch out for because i think Astori Ruiz kind of didn't yeah, look yeah. like he was just gonna steal everything in the majors so he might have been the first you know look into that but I think if you need help up the middle, um, that this is going to be a guy that you're probably going to have to jump on. Like he just, he, he really, he impressed me last night watching him. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah. and I'll say this, my best main event team does, does have Michael Harris. In fact, I have two 15 teamers where I picked up Michael Harris and that's just been like total windfall for me there. Um, right. so yeah, I, I do buy into the Braves narrative. Unfortunately, I don't have a whole lot of fab left in that league, so I probably won't be able to land Grissom, but that's okay. I mean, yeah. uh, at least I'm going to for, I, I think the guy I'm neck and neck with, uh, you know, he's got less fab than me at least. So if I can't get him, at least he can't either. So there's that. Right. Right. Uh, it's so home, cause I get the guy in 10 who has like, you know, $700 left. You can yeah. get him, <laughs> but, uh, that guy might, pass me in stolen bases or something too. You never know. That's the tricky part about that there. Right. So we'll see. Yeah. But um, yeah. yeah, in fact, now I'm really curious to see who does have the fab because now I wonder I if see. he's ever played um, other spots in the minors besides second. I wonder if he has an ability to move around. Not right. that, not that they, you know, need him anywhere else. Um, this could just be a strictly, you know, Arcia went down and they needed, he was their best option, you know? And, um, right. but if he plays well, I'm sure they'll find a spot for him. Yeah, that's kind of the way I feel too. So, uh, yeah, I'm just – while we're here, I'm just going to go ahead and add him to my James Anderson uh, <laughs> uh, termed waterfall right yep. now. So, yep. cannot – Got to add him to the waterfall. Yep. Yeah. I've only got 53 bucks of fab left in this league. I kind of Ooh. was a little too aggressive. Uh, but, you know, first place in fab is 401 in our league. Uh, there's only – there's there's only like – 
six teams that have a hundred or more. Uh, Doug Ross at one on one, so he's close. But you know, it's you know, uh, it, it, unfortunately, Posma is one of the guys that has more than a hundred. So I always got to worry about him. I got I did two mains this year, and I got stuck with John and both. I mean, oh my god, I don't like that. Oh That's my unfair. god, yeah, he's yeah, it's he's a good. stud. He's, a, he's so good. Such yeah, a nice guy, too. That's the thing. Yeah, I want to hate on him a little bit more, but I can't. He's a nice guy. Super nice guy. He's like the silent assassin right there. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Yep. Uh, before I move on, a little bit of business to take care of here from our friends at Caesars. The weather is heating up, and so are the promotions at Caesars Sportsbook. Today, anyone who is at least 21 years old and in a licensed Caesars Sportsbook state can create a new account and redeem the Caesars Sportsbook promo code Roto15. That's R-O-T-O-1-5. The promo code gives new users a risk-free first bet up to $1,500. Visit Caesars.com slash sportsbooks or download the Caesars Sportsbook app today. And don't forget to use promo code Roto15 when signing up. I'm Jeff Erickson. I'm here with Deadpool hitter Rob DiPietro. Uh, Rob, we got a lot to hit on the, the top-breaking news couple other guys i want to talk about here kyle schwarber left today's game with a mild calf strain you know he's been huge you know as the phillies have made this run without harper in the lineup schwarber didn't just wasn't just a two-month animal this year he's had 34 homers 69 rbi 71 runs even six stolen bases this year i mean the calf strain might like end all hopes of double digit stolen bases but he may not be hitting for average but you still profited pretty quite a bit by taking him this year yeah, absolutely. Uh, another guy I kind of struck out on only one team I have in <laughs> on in, uh, you know, really struck out on the power this year across all my teams. Power has just been brutal. Um, yeah. So he he would have been he would have been extremely helpful for sure. And um, he's just been really really impressive um, all around. Um, yeah, not only. Does he have a great bow percentage, you know, overall? But even versus lefties, I mean, he's just uh, he's just been brutalizing all types of pitchers, and uh, you know, this is going to be he's going to be a big loss for them if he's forced to miss some time, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, because they need him. Uh, he's been a permanent fixture, leading off every game. Um, I guess you know. Matt Veerling kind of steps back into, you know, some playing time, but um, not really going to help the Phillies so much. Sure. Yeah. Uh, hopefully it's short term, but we've seen calf injury. It's just, it's described as a mild calf strain. Now I think that's a term of art, uh, not <laughs> yeah. necessarily official diagnosis. So we'll <laughs> yeah. see. Yeah. Uh, we saw Josh Donaldson one year have a mild calf strain that took four months to recover from. So, uh, or was that a quad, a quad or calf? I always forget. I think it was a calf. I think it was. a Yeah. 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 And I don't know, mild calf strain, just a calf strain in general. I feel like I would be on, like I would be on the couch just out oh, yeah. with any oh, type of calf strain. So, you know, uh, I know they have access to a bunch of stuff that we don't, but um, yeah, be, um, I mean, as a Met fan, uh, they can he can take as many days off as he needs but uh um you know i think the phillies the phillies are going to have to find some type of way to i think influx their team somehow like at this last couple of weeks of the season to you know really make a push because they're like hit or miss i feel like i feel like they're really on there's some games i feel like wow i watched this team like they're a really solid team and 
sometimes they just look a little weak. But I think Bryson Stott and Boehm, if they keep playing as, you know, they keep getting better, the both of them, I think they, they really need them. This may be – Boehm might lead off if if if, yeah, if he was awesome. out, you know, which is uh, – Really, be super for his value. He's really been bumped up to third. So, yeah, he has. You know, the Phillies. It's like Keith Hernandez always says. He doesn't want to watch them because fundamentally <laughs> they're not a sound team defensively. Um, but I mean, they can do do a lot of damage, and they've got some great pitching. You know, yeah. Wheeler's been so, super strong. Uh, that, that turned out to be a great signing. You know, it yes. was one of those. Uh, you know, even in his first year, he delivered. Uh, They've, they've got a good rotation. They, they, they've stabilized the back end of the, uh, the bullpen there. I was kind of hoping Robertson was going to get more saves after he got that first one in his first appearance. But if you go back and look at even that game, Domingo's pitched a tough part of the Braves order in the eighth. So I, I probably was wish casting that Robertson was going to get more saves. It looks like it's going to be Domingo's getting most of those saves. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good mix. You know, this is uh, not Joe – Girardi. So I think if Girardi was there, it might have been one clear cut guy, but they've definitely played better since they've got rid of him. Um, yeah. Might have been something. No I don't know if that just happens. You know, we never know if that's just because it happens to be the team is playing better overall, you know, right. but, or right. it could just be like they really weren't, you know, feeling his energy or his leadership. Um, but yeah, I feel like um, Ranger Suarez has been in a little groove lately too. He added the cutter to his arsenal and he's been yep. a lot better. He was actually on the wire in um, an OC of mine. And I just didn't, I didn't do the proper dive into him. Um, and he got scooped up. I was like, ah, Ranger Suarez, nah, I don't you know. He's blah, blah, blah. And uh, I was just like, I didn't need pitching, but then I looked at his stats, like maybe five days after that and his, what he's been throwing and, you know, he's got some good trends going on and like, oh, well, I totally missed that. I should have done this dive five days ago. Yeah. For fast. I'll tell you but, what, though, it's an infinite universe of players. If you did the proper dive on every player, you'd, you'd spend 95 hours on a Sunday. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm told that you don't have 95 hours. So, uh, you know, don't beat yourself <laughs> up too much. I wish we did. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, Julio Rodriguez, dude, back on Friday where he talked about how got kind of shut out on him. I have them in two leagues, one of which is the first pitch Arizona Speakers League where Jeff Zimmerman's a parsec ahead of the whole field. So it's nice that I have him, but it, it's going to take a lot to catch up to him. It's nice to get him back, though. And the Mariners yeah. did all right without him. I mean, they, did. they took two out of three from the Yanks. Uh, you know, they, they, they got by, and that's all, that's all you can hope for sometimes. I really love Sam Haggerty. Uh, I was yeah. watching. Yeah, he's such a good – he looks like a little peanut up there. He's really, but he's just a fighter. He just got a nice swing. I don't know. I like him. And I just, you know, part of me, the whole year he's been in my, in my um, watch list, you know? And I'm like, mm -hmm. when he starts to get time versus righties instead of just versus lefties, it might be the time to make the move. Well, now he's getting that time versus righties, but you know, here comes Rodriguez back. So yeah, they did uh, make tough. room by sending Lewis down, though. So that, that was they kind did. of a positive thing. And does Kelnick stay up when J-Rod comes back? I don't think Kelnick's done much since hitting that homer off of Cole in the first he, uh, week he, ago. That's all he did, I think. <laughs> that's all he did yeah. with it. Uh, so I don't know if – but if Kelnick, you know, goes back down, um, I think Haggerty – might be a sneaky, sneaky little ad if you needed some some speed, you know. And he's got some pop. He's he's just been yeah. really, yeah, he's really good. 
Yeah, no, Kelnick has. Kelnick, he's worse than last yeah, year. Yeah, he's worse. Sorry, I interrupted you. Go ahead. No, yeah, no, I was going to say the same thing. He's just 40% strikeout rate since he's been called back up. It's just he had that one hit first call. Everyone thought his life was going to change, but he's just. And I said this. I said this um, preseason and early in the season was that we we can't underestimate the psyche of being the number one guy, failing, mm-hmm. and then having this other number one guy come up and just crushing it, you know? Like, not even just the physical baseball side, just the mental part of having your shine being wiped out and recovering yep. from that and recovering from, like, so now in your head, are you constantly saying, I have to get to J-Rod's level? I have to match his energy, his play? Or, or are you just saying in your head, just just find something, you know, get, I don't know. It's just, to me, I feel like I know how I would be. I think I would like be crumbled, you know, and, and just be like, oh man, like I, I can't believe this just happened, you know, and that, that's hard right. to come. That, that's hard to overcome. I think he's going to need a change of scenery. I think he's going to need to be off that team and, and just get away from that because I think that's very underrated. Yeah. Well, and the whole cycle with him, and I'm I'm guilty of this, uh, by the way, as as, as one of, uh, among many. But the whole feeling impugned that he didn't get the call in 2020, that they you know stashed him down away at the alternate training site, all the talk about him in spring training. Maybe he had this attitude a little bit there. Maybe a chip on his shoulder and it backfired on him, and it's hard to kind of wipe that egg off his face. I don't know. It, it's right. it's. I, you know, I you never know how every player is yeah. going to react to that. A hundred percent. And I hear the same thing about O'Neill Cruz, you know, that he was very discontent with it. But I mean, you gotta, you gotta be professional. You gotta be professional yep. about it. Like, and, and, and not just baseball, it's just any job, you know, if you get right. passed over for a promotion or a raise, like you're, you're not going to stop working, you know, you got to get better. You have to keep showing them what your worth is. And, you know, to, uh, I don't know. I just I'm surprised just by scrolling through Twitter how many people actually held on to Kelnick when he got called up. Like I can't wait to throw him back in my lineup in Fab Leagues, and I was just shocked because right. he gave you nothing to believe. And like I I tried to ask a question like what what are you expecting when he comes back? You know, like mm-hmm. are are you expecting that number one prospect when he comes back, or you you know are are you expecting Trent Grisham when he comes back? Like what did you hold him for? You know, I don't know. Uh, I just think it was a bad hold for a lot of players who, you know, held them on the team, especially 12 team leagues. You know, I think that's a great lesson. And you point talked about it earlier about how we need to be a little bit more ruthless in 12 teamers to begin with. This yep. is a perfect example, too. Uh, yep. And it's also in the decision to add unless you actually see like the, the progress there. Josh Lowe's another guy in that boat, too, that. I held on to him too long. May still have him on one of my leagues somewhere there. It's just you got to find a find a way to get rid of the uh, move on from that. There's a big wide universe of players, and we can do better. Um, he was showing signs though, Josh Lowe, right before he sent down. Yeah, he, again, he was, both like, times, both times. Yeah. yeah, he was really starting to like. I don't know. I I always look at the you know I'm a big fan of the uh, graphs of the rolling average graphs, and you mm-hmm. know. Um, Whenever I took a peek at that on low, I was like, oh man, uh, it was like he's it was like he's getting it. It was like he's starting to understand it. And then it was just, nope, we're gonna trade for Jose Siri and put him in the yeah. outfield instead. Just really, 
You know, I'll, I wonder if they get like an Rosarena out of him. I don't know if it was you or Fred that said that in the podcast. And I was like, yeah, that's a that's a small, that's a decent comparison there. If they can get some kind yeah, of, I think that was like, Fred. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was a good comp. I like that one. Yeah, they're, they're good at finding ferreting guys out like that. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, Lance McCullough is going to return from the uh, IL finally on Saturday. Uh, remember when we had that? You know, he was pitching in spring training for a while, and then had all this happen. Uh, they're going to go six-man rotation, replacing, you know, Jake Odorizzi's gone. McCullers slides into that spot. Do you have any McCullers in your life? Are you What are you expecting out of him? I don't have any of him. And he's another guy who was in the watch list. And every time I was ready to stash him, I found a way to talk myself out of it or found another need for my team. Um, mm-hmm. So I didn't, I didn't grab him because I think it was a couple of – my leagues where he was drafted and he was in the pool, you know, so I had the chance to scoop him up before he came back to play. And I just didn't. And I think partly I was, this was before Odorizzi got traded, you know, I think partly was, you know, where's he going to fit? Is he just going to be a reliever? Um, Is he just going to throw three, four innings? Then he's been pretty good in rehab. He's been getting stretched out. I think 85, almost 90 pitches. Um, He's never been a guy that I've been like truly enthralled by. Like, right. he's never been a guy like I'm, I'm, I've been so in on. And so I guess part of me is like, well, do I want to be in on him now when there might be even more question marks than before? You know, right. um, I did like that run he had last year. You know, I thought he was really starting to get better, you know, and, and kind of see that guy. But then he got hurt and it's just, I don't know. It's it it's hard. It's hard for to expect someone to come back. I guess from I know it's flexor tendon, and that's a surgery that I had. And while they know. say that that it's not like Tommy John, it's still it's still a real surgery, you know. So right. Um, but good team again. If he just goes five, you know, um, keeps keeps the walk down and gives you a chance to win, he's probably going to be pretty solid ad for a lot of the guy, uh, a lot of guys that picked him up. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Uh, so yeah, I'll, I'm interested to see how he does. I probably won't have him a whole lot on my watch. I know he's already taken in the mains basically. So I, I wasn't, you know, I just, I already got one stash in each of my mains that, you know, Harper in one and Tatis in the other. And I've held on to Tatis all this time in the Vegas main. Uh, we're going to talk about that in just a second here, but, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't need another stash. So that, that's, that's kind of my approach with that. I think uh, what's interesting about him is that, Last year, he was finding some more success by hitting the zone more. And mm-hmm. even though his hard hit and his battle percentage went up, um, he still kind of found a way to be successful. And I guess maybe with this even dead in ball, more dead in ball, yeah, you know, he might even be a little more successful with that kind of, you know, attack. But, uh, yeah. uh, you know, we never know these things until it plays out. <laughs> That's true. That's yeah. absolutely true. Uh, we're going to talk about live versus online drafts. But before that, uh, every Rotowire Fantasy Baseball podcast is on the Blue Wire Network. Thus, we are going to play a couple of bats from them right now. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Thank you for your indulgence there. And we thank you, the Blue Wire Network, for having Rotowire on their podcast network. Uh, I'm talking with Deadpool hitter Rob DiPietro. Uh, I kind of uh, posted something innocuous yesterday talking about the how strong uh, the you know, in the in the main event, the overall t- uh, the overall main event, how it's the online drafters are doing uh, compared to the uh, in-person drafters. Uh, as of yesterday, it was the top 14 teams. It's now top 12. Uh, there's a lot. Someone who did a lot. Uh, Mark Bednar, uh, Bendar, excuse me, Strikeforce ME. He uh, is 13th overall in the main event. But the top, you know, top one of the top, the, the top 12. And then there was like three in the top 30 that drafted live. Um, I think it's a little bit anomalous this year, but you can talk, you know, the amplitude, the the side, the, the, the degree, the starkness of this sample is what jumps out at me. I mean, it's, 74% of the teams are drafted online in the main event, but 90 of the top 30, 90% of the top 30 were all online. So there, it's definitely, I feel like there's definitely an advantage this year. I can't place my a full reason on why or whether it's just anomalous this year. There's been a lot of good theories going on. This Twitter thread's kind of, kind of blown up. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad it has. Uh, it's going a few yeah. different directions, mostly some good constructive conversation. Yes, absolutely. There's definitely some, uh, you know, I see Phil Dusso and Zach Waxman throughout some of their, you know, their Excel um, wonders right. out there, you know, um, God bless the the guys who have that skills to just, you know, scrape right. the data and, 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 and show it. And um, yeah, I think um, me personally, Jeff, I, I love live drafting. I think I do better yeah, live. Um I always think of like the the littlest things throw me for a loop uh, when I'm home, you know, 
uh, it may be a bill that's like in the corner of your eye where you're mm -hmm. like, oh shit, you know, like, <laughs> why am I looking at that? Or why am I thinking of that? It could be so many, I don't know, live drafts. I'm so locked in. And um, I like that you get a little more time, you know, you get the full minute, but then you get like that time where the, the guy's entering, the moderator's entering the pick. You get like a little bit, maybe more than a minute. And then, you know, when that time is ticking down online, you can really, there could be so many things that go wrong. You know, your computer could freeze. You can right. be on a page where you don't, like if you have too many tabs open, you could be scrambling back to get back to it. And then you maybe you got to search for a guy if you don't have him in the queue. There's, I feel like live, you could just wait until that one second. And even if you're having a tough time, you could just say a name, you know, and it'll be okay. You know, um, I do better. Uh, I won my live draft last year, um, came in fourth in my online draft and I'm doing better in my live draft this year. So I'm in okay. second in my live draft, third in my online draft. But um, I feel like I'm so much more locked in when I'm live. I love to read players I love to see the faces people are making when I make a pick. I love to see the faces other people are making when they make a pick. You know, I don't know. There's there's something about, you know, gauging real life things, real life facial expressions, um, how quick a guy makes a pick, uh, how ready they are. I don't know. I, I, I just, I always kind of, even when I played sports, I was always interested in like in reading body language. And I think that was from like the whole Michael Jordan. Like when I see guys tugging on their shorts, I'm going after them. You know, like I always felt like observe your opponents and try to use it to your advantage. You know, are you a poker player? I'm not. No, because no, it sounds like you are uh, by reading your <laughs> opponents like that. Um, there, there, there's some, there's a lot of crossover between the fantasy sports community and the poker community. I'll leave it at that. There, it, it happens a lot. <laughs> Yeah. uh same you know gamers we're all gamers i mean i think yeah. that's the common thread i mean what we're interested in uh, may, may vary but we all like that competition and that that's that's an aspect of it there i i love live drafts don't get me wrong you know when i posted that i, I didn't mean to say like don't do live drafts but maybe make sure you do an online one too in addition to your live one uh and you know right. for me i'm doing better on my online one my live one um i think that you know I think there's strong competition online. First of all, um, even in the in, uh, online championship, I'm getting smoked in the online championship this year, but I'm really not having a good year in the twelves. It's, it's really, it's weird, but I'm not having a good year at all there. But uh, I, I would say that, you know, when you go to Vegas, you get all the regulars and the mm. regulars tend to be really good. Cause guess what? There's a survival bias. Uh, if you're a regular, it means you've played enough and you haven't lost everything. You have had to win something or at least be a very wealthy human being. Uh, otherwise, why are you still playing? So there's a survivor bias there. I would think that naturally speaking, you're going to get the better players that are going to be or willing to you know shell out of pocket and come and come live unless they're you know, like they're, they're new to it and they want to just try it, try out the real thing. And that's good, too. And you can be new and still win, by the way, too. But. I, I think the the repeat customers, the people that play more and play in more leagues, chances are they're a better player. Not always true, but I think that I think that kind of kicks into it a little bit there. But like at my my Vegas main this year, the you know it's Posma again. Yeah, thanks, John. Always there. It's not like he chose. You know, he didn't he didn't seek me out, but we happened to be in the same league. Uh, but Matty Woods leading our league. Matt Davis is winning our league. Uh, you know, Toby's right there, and it's Toby and Matty Wood and Posma. They're the top three. 
and I'm a standard deviation away in fourth, and I haven't come close to them in a while. It's frustrating. But I thought I drafted a pretty good team there, but it's just I just can't make up that extra ground. I mean, there's lots of other good Rudy Gambles in that league. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of really strong players in that league. It's uh, a stack league. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, table behind me. There's Genstad. There's Spore. There's uh, you know, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm omitting something. You know, Zimmerman's in that league for crying out loud. There's a lot of great players in that league. And that was the loud every table. table. Yeah, it was the loud table. That's right. <laughs> You know, Michael Gobier. Yes, that's right. Uh, yeah, FTN. That Congratulations, loud. Michael. Very yep. happy for him, by the way. Super nice yeah. guy. Super so, uh, nice guy. You know, Justin Mason's in the league. It was the talk too much table. Uh, <laughs> oh, and, oh, and by the way, the number two overall player last year, Emmett Rulin, too. So, I mean, yeah, it's a load. Every table is loaded. That's the takeaway. Like, yeah. Oh, good. I avoided Casey Cha. Oh, but I got Phil Dusso. Oh, good. Right. I avoided it, but I got Posma. Okay, great. You know, right. it's tough. Um, but I, I feel like, I mean, you get a lot of great names in the online, too. Uh, yes. Because I, I, a lot of those guys are also playing online, too. Right, right, 100%. And um, I just looked at last year, and uh, five out of the top 30 were in Vegas, and the rest of them were online and uh, in the overall. So maybe it's a thing, but <laughs> I don't know. I feel like, too, um, I, I like the point that you made about, you know, you're going to do multiple teams. You, you know, guys are going to have multiple teams. I wonder if this year's um, flow of the mains had anything to do with it, too, because I know, like, it normally is Vegas online, a lot of online, and then New York, you know, and this year got flipped around, right? Um, no, it's usually oh, New no, York. Sorry, sorry. Yes, sorry. Usually New York is first, and right. this year got flipped. And right. I wonder if that had any, like – anything to you know skew the um the way that other guys you know took um hook on other teams you know um for sure ma- well and yeah. main main event season lasted longer than usual this year because if yep. you recall they set the dates for the main event and then they announced and then the lockout ended they announced the schedule and we're going to start a week later and we just said and they said well we've got the rooms now we're going to keep this the live schedule so if you were vegas first weekend you had less information than right. anybody, you know, anybody that did it later. And there were more onlines later than earlier. So that makes sense uh, that maybe it, that's a built in advantage to this year, too. I wonder if that's another thing Zach has run numbers on the the dates uh, of the drafts, according to the overall standing. Right. Yeah. I'll counter, though, that everyone in your league is still has the same information. Maybe not Absolutely. everyone in the overall. So. You're compete in your individual draft. You're still competing with everyone that has that same information. You, you know, everyone that drafted later knew Julio was going to make the team. Everyone that drafted later, uh, you know, knew that you know, you know, ha- had that information. Sometimes mm-hmm. that information was false. Uh, as the Jake McGee guy here, I can attest to that <laughs> that, that falsity. You know, I was like, hey, I I was the uh, I got McGee earlier than anybody else in first Vegas weekend, and then on Monday, Gabe Kapler said, right now he's the closer. That translated so well. All right, oh, so Gabe don't Kapler. do the Twitter oh, victory laps before. Uh, yeah, ever. right. <laughs> Wait until he gets a couple of saves. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh man, and yeah, um, you know, I think every time they add, they added a league or they added another morning league the day of. You know, it's just gonna be. It's probably guys who are who who have a lot of teams and are just like, I want to do another team and diversify yeah. and pick this and type have of the bankroll by the way too. and have the bankroll. Yeah. And yeah. uh yeah, it's so it's it's such an interesting 
it's a cool little thread. There was a lot of good stuff in there that guys were mentioning, um, you know, about what what makes them, you know, feel better online or live. It's uh, it was pretty cool. And uh, yeah. I agree with a lot of that, a lot of what was coming out. So the highest placed late draft is, you know, April 7th was the last day. Uh, so the, you know, whoever had the most information that draft, Zach Waxman, he's at 36 overall in the main and he drafted on that, that crazy, stupid morning draft. Good for mm-hmm. them. I mean, it's not stupid. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's fun, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yep. Uh, but first place overall is, uh, billionaire Bob Cramitola. He's at, he drafted on March 29th with this particular team. Uh, wow. second place puddle of nud three twenty six. uh, Genstad, uh, striker. Uh, is at uh, third. He, he he drafted the night before opening day on on April sixth. So there is it's, it, there's an interesting range uh, in terms of when people draft and how they did. So I don't know how how important that is. I think it's useful, but you still have to you know consolidate all that information better than everybody else in your league. Yes, absolutely. Ned Donahue too. He's got three teams in the top twenty. Is that good? Yeah, that's good. That's good. It's uh, that's why I love doing the podcast with Todd Whitestone and 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 reading his articles because yep. he highlights leagues, you know. And um, you obviously you could do it on the computer too, but reading the reading the the articles and he he does such a good job. He's so into it. He's so into his yep. work, and you know he does the percentage that the guy might win the league. And it's um, you know, when you you see continuous names like wow, and then. It's it was like Phil last year, and but then you dive into some of the teams. You know, you look into the teams, and like Phil last year, he he doesn't have a lot of the same guys on the same team. You know, like on different teams, they did such a good job diversifying, but yet still mm-hmm. nailing all their picks. So um, I just guess you know when you have it one year, you just got it, and that uh, that's it. But yeah, Bob, big big buck Bob is uh, is is up at the top, and um, yeah, got a pretty good lead right now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's good to see. You. Good to see. You. Nice mm-hmm. guy. I really like him yep. a lot. Uh, Phil Dusso, uh, you know, and it, it, it's got to be hard to be coming off such a monster season. Everybody's kind of gunning for you in a way, or at least studying what you do. Oh yeah, and taking away what you do. I remember like Ron Chandler uh, won multiple expert league titles in, 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 at one point, back to back tout wars titles, I think. Uh, and people learned his methods. They learned uh, how, how to beat Ron. Uh, and you know, it's, you have to adapt to your people adapting to you and it makes it a lot harder. Yeah, it, it definitely does. And I know Phil very closely and he puts a lot of pressure on himself to continue the success and, um, you know, it's don't sleep on him next year. That, that, yeah. That's for sure. Because he's, he's at work figuring out what went wrong and <laughs> it's, it's, it's gonna, it's, uh, it's, there's just so many great players and in, in overall, it's just awesome to be involved with so many, you know, um, people who are so dedicated to, you know, being this good at fantasy baseball, you know, it's really exactly. cool. Well, exactly. with all different types of, you know, ways that they do it, you know, mm-hmm. um, I know like in my, and in one of my mains, um, I actually have more points than the team I'm doing better in, but I'm in third. I got Bob Katsarumpas is in fourth and uh, Bradley Libros, another great player who's like, we kind yeah. of share like the same views on guys. I've noticed that in Fab, you know, who he picks up and who he drafted. And, you know, sometimes we just 
you know, like you said, you get stuck in a league with uh, just guys who are just really on it, you know, and it's just, it's tough to break through. I, I noticed that you're doing better uh, in, in, in your individual league on the team that's actually lower in the overall, uh, like you're third yeah. in one league, second, in the other, the one you're in second is like a hundred, it's 115th or so. Uh, the one that uh, is 58th overall is actually in third place. Just luck of the draw there. I know. I know. That's exactly. And uh, it's just, and, and Todd, Todd in his article, what he, what he does is uh it's cool when he lists all the teams that are first, second and third, but then he gives um, an average for like the average uh, score for a first place team, the average score for a second place team. And mm-hmm. I was, I had um, for my third place team, I was like eight points above the average of, of an average third place team. And I had mm-hmm. like the fourth, no, the third highest third place score out of everyone in the main. So it's just 113 and a half right now. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I think the average was like 106, 106 or something like that for yeah. a third place team. And that's just the way it is. And yet know? I've seen leagues where like first place is 103 sometimes if it's a really balanced league sometimes. Yes. And you know, yep. Right. You just, those are the leagues that are shifting so much uh, every day, you know? Yeah. I think that's crazy. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, any other live versus online tips or observations you have before we sign off today? Um, I just, you know, just be present in the draft and just enjoy it. You know, I, yeah. I feel like uh, it goes by so quick, you know, um, and I've actually done a lot of live drafts for, for Phil the one year he couldn't come from Canada. That's right. And, you, that was you. And, That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And I did, he, he won the, he won that overall too, the auction. And that was, that was my first live draft at the NFBC. Um, and oh, I wow. had the auction for somebody else, you know, that I'd never met. And it was really, <laughs> it was so That's, talk about stressful. It was so stressful. It was so stressful, but I give uh, props to Jason DuPont. Um, he just, such a good guy. He 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 came up to me. He goes, "Hey, the dead poet." He goes, "I know you." And he just really calmed me down. And uh, then I talked to like everybody in the room. I was like, "Oh, this is a really like awesome space," you know. And I just yep. immediately, um, but yeah, walk around, talk to people, you know, um, introduce yourself. Uh, I feel like, you know, it, it it's really cool. And you know, I, I was fortunate to have people come up. To me and and you're like oh do you do that podcast you know and it's it's yeah yeah, yeah i do yeah and it's 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 really i listen to it it's really good it never and, gets yeah. old it no no never gets it never old. gets i know and like and and they were like thank you for highlighting this you know this specific nfbc and you know i think it's really cool and it's it's, it's cool it's, it's a great moment and yeah I, I felt like the first my first nfbc main event i felt the same way it's like oh it's so cool you're here i listen to you on sirius and xm or i listen to your pod, podcast this is before you know, uh, I, I got to know Scott. In fact, I met Scott at my first NFBC main event, Scott Genstad, and that's how we became friends. Uh, I mean, it was he was cool. Ken Magner was there. Uh, you know, lots of people were so welcoming, and it just made me want to come back. Uh, yeah, of course they were, so, they were welcoming because I was dead money apparently that first year too. Uh, you know, but <laughs> drafting John Lackey and finding out at the first break that he got hurt. You know, as the rotowire guy, good job, Jeff. Well done. And then but, you can, uh, and then you never know who you're sitting next to. Uh, uh, Dean, I was sitting next to uh, a billionaire hedge fund guy. I had no idea. And so, oh, yeah? Uh, yeah, I forget, I forget the guy's name. Um, it was in New York. He's, oh man. It's I under, hear they have people like that there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, and then, you know, just 
also seeing like people just show up with different, you know, I think, um, I don't, I forget the, the fellow's name, but he had mounds of paper, you know, crossing off and highlighting and just to see other people's process. Like, wow. Right. You know, it's like so fascinating. I was so like, I get so caught up in that because, you know, it's, everyone has their way, you know, and it's so cool, you know, how to, you know, how they'd get to it. It's really cool. I love it. Yeah, it is. And you see yeah. a minimalist like Casey Cha, and then you see others that have like mounds of stuff in front of them. There, it's it's remarkable. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it is very cool. Uh, Rob, this is awesome. Thank you so much for coming on today. Good luck. You've got the the uh, draft champions next week. I'm really looking forward to seeing that there. The first six rounds for 2023 on the Deadpool Hitter Podcast. It should be great. I'm really looking forward to it. Yes, early ADP, Jeff. I mean, this is gonna be—it's gonna be fascinating. I'm pretty—I'm pretty excited, and I think it's gonna get a lot of—I uh, think it's gonna be great pod pod fodder. Uh, it's, which it's a podcast name that's not taken, by the way. I looked, but uh, the pod fodder is not taken. Pod, fod- pod father yeah. is, yeah. but pod fodder yeah. not so much. Yeah, right. and it's just like a perfect name. Someone's gonna do it right now as we're speaking. But another yeah, billion dollar about- idea given away for free. <laughs> Given away for free. Uh, but yeah, I'm truly excited about that. I'm just excited about, you know, finishing this season and getting right back into prep for next year. And uh, yeah, just listening to the podcast like I normally do, read, reading Rotowire and uh, getting all the tips I need to uh, try, try to beat everybody. Awesome. Sounds great. Rob, yeah. thanks a lot again. Appreciate you. Thanks everybody Thank for you. listening. We got two star starters coming up tomorrow with Todd and Clay. Thanks for listening. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.